Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Hello and welcome to another episode of Recovery Talks Podcast. I'm Andy Daniel, social media coordinator with MPN, and I'm here with Lawrence Roan, He's a U.S. Army Disabled American Veteran and an Office of General Counsel federally accredited veterans advocate and the founder of Roan's Farm and Retreat. Welcome, Lawrence. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I I am uh, a U.S. Army veteran, as you alluded to uh, in your intro, and um, I served in the uh, United States Army from 1980 to 1991. I'm a Gulf War era veteran, and I am also a federally accredited uh, veterans advocate, and in doing that, I found that there's a need to address some of the issues and that I encountered in transitioning from active duty to civilian life. And we've sort of, yeah, taken that approach at making our lives work now and in, in our adult years of life. Not the sunset, but I would say in the evening of our life and giving back to the community and our clients, we being warriors which addresses veterans of all services, active, inactive, combat or non-combat related veterans who would understand if you have a DD Form 214, that's what we specialize in, but we realize that you can't help these groups without addressing community as well and the challenges of that. So can you tell me a little bit about the farm and retreat that you founded? We found it in 2016, and uh, it was uh, the goal was to have a a veteran solution resource in transitioning from active duty or active service to civilian life. We worked with uh, a number of government entities to facilitate that transition. One of them is the NCAP, which is the National Center for Appropriate Technology, because our solution is one that is oriented towards farming and ranching. And uh, what we want to do is provide mentorship for former service members who we deem as warriors in navigating that transition from the battlefield or active service to a farm or ranch setting. And why did you feel like it was important to get involved in something like this? Or, or why did you want to start this retreat because as a uh, as a young man transitioning from service i found that it took me about five years to reorient myself if you will from active duty and the, the mindset and the uh the practices the, the muscle memory of active duty and the challenges and experiences that i had there and figure out a way to use the skill sets that I acquired in service, and I 
acquired quite a few, how to translate them to civilian life and function and thrive in a civilian setting as I did in the military. And when you're young and spent uh, at that time uh, a considerable part of your life and doing something, I entered service at the age of 17, exited at the age of 30, 30 years of age. Yeah, it, it's a challenge. And uh, I know that warriors uh, experience that now. And if you don't make a, a structured effort at addressing those challenges, it becomes a burden. And it then translates to pain at some point. That pain then translates to suffering. And then you look for coping mechanisms. And those coping mechanisms aren't always something that is conducive to a warrior's well-being. So tell me a little bit about the specific services or skills that veterans learn while they're uh, with you. What we try to do is uh, introduce warriors or uh, community members to uh, the essential skill sets that are needed in the farm or ranch setting. We provide them with the opportunity to use their foundational skill set, of a, a, which is to assess, adapt, and overcome challenges in the service. Well, on the farm, we identify those same type skill set opportunities in the ranch and farm setting and introduce those to them. Some of the things that we try to introduce them to are woodworking, metalwork, uh, be it welding or, or blacksmithing, operating farm equipment, be it tractor or semi trucks, uh, pulling a, a cattle trailer. We introduce to them what it is to work with livestock. And then the other thing is to really concentrate on their mission-oriented mindset and how it identifies or affords them an advantage in the farm setting because the farm is full of different projects you have to complete. If you trans that, translate that for the warrior, it's a, a, a mission, and yeah, you're able to do that. And then probably the biggest tool that we provide is the one of farming, growing something. We specialize in growing trees and shrubs of different types. In 2016, we planted 1,200 trees here to create our conservation-oriented environment for the warriors and our uh, clients. And it consists of all different types of fruit trees, 900 in total. We have a small apple orchard of 30 trees as well. And then this year, as we're finishing up our infrastructure, we also have a high tunnel environment uh, in which we can teach the farming process of growing whole foods. And we think providing those array of skill sets at some point, one of our clients or a warrior attending our events or seminars can identify themselves or, a, or an activity that they can identify with and thrive in as they leave us, and we mentor them through uh, doing that in their own home environment. About how many warriors have you served over the years? Wow, that's, a, that's hard to uh, estimate because we've touched a lot of lives. I would say actively right now, we are 
servicing, I think last count on our database is uh, 78, uh, and that's regionally here in the state of Montana and then a little, a couple out of western Montana, uh, North Dakota. And we have a couple, one in Idaho. But our focus is on serving those warriors, but also our community. So if you add the community into it, our community, we try to impact by introducing and identifying the warriors in there. And, and these are, this is a unique layer of our social setting, which are the age veterans from, and I'm talking World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War era veterans. There are a lot of them too that can relate to this transition I'm talking about and never did really address the challenges that they had in that way, but they identify with what with what we're doing. So I would say that our impact currently is probably in the range of 150 to 160 people. Great. Now, do the warriors like live on the ranch there with you for a period of time, or how how does that work? This is an introduction to opportunities for solutions to transitioning. So the goal is to bring the warrior in or uh, our client. It could be a community member or someone in recovery as well introduce them in a nine-day program, eight to nine-day program. So you bring, you have the travel day in, you have the introduction to the activities, and on that uh, eighth day, ninth day, then the travel day out. But in that period, in the curriculum, we try to uh, help the warrior, first of all, uh, we introduce ourselves and our activities, then we try to identify through our uh, recruiting process and screening process what areas are going to be of the greatest interest to whoever we have attended. We try to keep the groups small in nature, five, one on five, or two on ten. Uh, that is the uh, facilitator and a facilitator uh, um, or a presenter of some type. And then a group of five, because we don't just limit it to the veteran or the warrior or the client, we want their spouse to be introduced to these opportunities as well. Because if you don't approach it from that aspect, they don't have someone that can see or understand what it is that they were introduced to here. Wonderful. So where are you located? We're located in the northeast corner of uh, Montana. It's a small town called Flaxville. Our population, I think, currently is just under 80, 80 people. Our population density is 1.2 people per square mile in our county of Daniels County. And yeah, we're on the, a, a small 10 acre farm and we've, yeah, we've transitioned it into a, a conservation oriented setting that is conducive to healing and, and growth physically, mentally, and mentally as well. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that conservation piece, what you mean by that? Part of the holistic approach to getting a direction or finding yourself is you need to find a, a, a three core things that we we like to address. And, and, I mean, and I haven't mentioned this at any point of, of our conversation yet, but the cornerstone of everything we do is to fight 
the elephant in the room that uh, isn't spoken about uh, often, and that is suicide. Suicide prevention is the cornerstone of all the activity we do. So we try to address the warrior's or the client's sense of self-worth, sense of purpose, and sense of community. So we believe that if you address the three R's, and uh, we deem them as respecting yourself, respecting your fellow man or your neighbor, and then respecting your environment, that, that can give you this balance where you have a, a sense of purpose. And in conservation, and we work with the uh, local NRCS and FSA and and, and I should say that the Farm Service Agency, the Natural Resources and Conservation District, and the uh, DNRC, which is the state entity that also addresses uh, conservation, we work to develop a oasis, if you will, for wildlife of all types. And the only way you can do that is by establishing an ecosystem or a supporting an ecosystem that provides the wildlife a place to reside and come for resources, food and water and, and, and quiet so that it can thrive. And that's the same concept that we want to provide uh, to warriors as well. So we took on this uh, abandoned farm and we removed approximately 50 tons of strap metal and with the help of our neighbors, we were able to clean up the farm and then plant 1,200 trees and shrubs that are um, native to Montana and provide the wildlife in our region a this oasis to which they can come and feed and multiply. So we, it is not uncommon for deer to come and uh, have their young or antelope or all types of bird species, and it doesn't rule out that the raccoons and the skunks uh, come as well, and um, even a badger or so. So it's a true ecosystem uh, dedicated, or uh, we support through our conservation efforts of uh, growing trees and cultivating the environment that those trees grow in and providing a balance, a nature's balance in the middle of this huge, huge farming area. And I'm talking tens of thousands of acres. And we want to just uh, address the fact that uh, because we farm so much in this region, it is necessary for someone to focus on you know, giving back to that ecosystem, and that, that's what we do here. What has been the most challenging thing about developing this retreat or keeping things running? Or, you know, just, just tell me a little bit about the challenges that you've faced. I can tell you, probably the greatest challenge, and uh, not probably, it is arguably the greatest challenge is finding the resource financially and doing this because. You know, I came out to this region. I'm originally from North Carolina, and uh, I was I came up here in the big oil boom. I worked in the oil field, was able to do quite a bit, but I've since retired from that in 2015. And all of these things I'm talking about uh, take a great amount of resource. And you know, I'm I'm, I'm retired, and and I don't have 
earning capacity that I had when I was working, and now this volunteer work and this giving back. Yeah, finding funding to to fund an opportunity for people in need of healing is is quite the challenge. So that's probably the greatest challenge. The people that want to participate in a project like this are numerous, especially in our community. And I think that people will find that in any and every community, there is a niche to, to be able to create something like this. Maybe not so much in a densely populated urban setting, but for sure in a, a rural and uh, frontier setting like ours. On the flip side of that, can you tell me some of your biggest successes, either as you personally or with clients and warriors that you've worked with? I have to say the uh, the greatest successes that we've had for me are the lives we've been able to positively impact in helping people find themselves or warriors, and not only warriors, but community members as well, find themselves, help them through tough spots. And to be specific, we had a young warrior that we were made aware of. That warrior was not from this area. But this was one of the cases that we said, so we don't have our infrastructure in place yet, but we want to help warriors that are challenged. And this young warrior had had a uh, vicious battle with suicide and, and won because he was still here with us. And uh, we took him in. We brought him to this farm ranch setting for a, a week and a half, two weeks. Got him oriented on the things that he should be oriented towards. We then set up his health care through the VA. We set up his resources for um all of the things that he needed for his personal care and mental hygiene. And then we looked out and found the opportunities for housing and then a, a support network for him within the community so that he could then move into the community and begin to attempt to function on his own. So that's one. The other specific example I would take would be the fact that we also, along with the farm retreat, we do advocacy, and, and that's our other sister entity, which is Rome's Warrior and Community Resources. And in that, we work in our community resources center to serve the community and the warriors in it. And you run into a lot of different challenging situations when you do that. And some of them are as simple as helping a senior navigate the fact that, oh, my husband has to go into a nursing home and I, we don't have the means to do that. We don't have long-term care insurance. Well, then the question is asked, is your husband a veteran? Yes, but uh, he was only in a couple of years and we don't have any paperwork or anything. So we help that veteran and, and spouse navigate that process by going to the National Archives retrieving his records, finding out that he did serve and that he was eligible for service-connected compensation, uh, establish that compensation, and then hence the ability to provide uh, additional income and health care to that veteran, and then hence the ability to be in a nursing home setting without a devastating spouse and, and, and leaving the spouse um, without resources as well. So those type stories are realities of what we've done. And then probably our greatest 
achievement in community and in the setting is the fact that we've been able to establish an annual event through which we connect warriors and community one day out of the year, and it's called Daniels County Day of Service. And last year, we had 160 people attend that event, and we had five uh, community company sponsors or corporate sponsors. Uh, this year's event has not taken place yet. It's been postponed because of our virus challenges. But uh, this year, it was really rewarding to see that uh, we went from five corporate sponsors to 19 corporate sponsors for our event this year. And in that event, we do things such as introduce warriors to the benefits of, that are offered and the, the entities that offer services to veterans, like the Veterans Meat Locker provided 12 pounds of meat to every veteran that attended last year, and that number was uh, 57 uh, veterans. The next thing we did was provided a meal to everyone that attended. We uh, provided suicide prevention training in the form of QPR, which is question, persuade, and refer. And we trained 70 individuals in the community. Uh, among them were numerous veterans as well. And then we also provided the community an opportunity to express their gratitude for the service that those warriors provided in their service in the form of a, a minted challenge coin to every veteran in attendance. And it was a tremendous uh, accomplishment and probably the greatest part of it is that those veterans have the opportunity of receiving those expressions of gratitude, not only from their community, but from each of our elected representatives, Congressman Giaforte, Senator Dane, Senator Tester, and Governor Bullock. Wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? If in the future you want to know more about what we do, we, we have our webpage and it's roanfarmretreats.com and it's an introduction to what we're doing and how we're doing it. And I'd say always look for an opportunity even if it's just to say thank you to someone that you know has uh, served and it doesn't matter if they served in world war ii or if they served and just served yesterday or if they're currently serving a thank you a heartfelt thank you sincere thank you goes a long way to supporting that warrior's sense of self-worth sense of purpose and sense of community that's wonderful. It's been great talking to you today, Lawrence. I will include links to your webpage in the description of this podcast. So if anybody's interested in finding out more, they can do that. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another Recovery Talks podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our podcasts, you can send me an email at andy, A-N-D-I, at mtpeernetwork.org. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works, recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. <laughs> recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.